exciting episode of The Spicy Life. I am your host, Spicy Mari, and joined with me, as always, is the beautiful and lovely Dr. Ali. Hello. Yeah, you guys know, um, I'm sure last week you missed um, our fabulous host, Dr. Ali. Uh, she was Ugh. traveling the world doing fabulosity. Just such a jet setter. <laughs> I just can't control myself with my amazing jet setting schedule. No, everyone, you don't realize that I'm so scared of flying that I try to go nowhere ever. So. <laughs> and I'm sure because she was traveling on vacation, she spent lots of money, which is why on money. today's episode, we have a phenomenal guest for you. Can I get a round of applause? Woo. We have Malcolm MJ Harris in the building. He is an internationally recognized lifestyle and business influencer who has been featured by Oprah, USA Today, and Black Enterprise. He has a global reach of over 3 million people each month across social media and TV. In addition to this, he is the CEO and founder of National Care Financial Group, which is one of America's largest African-American-owned financial service firms. MJ's rise began when he started creating empowering and inspirational digital content about lessons learned from his path of of achieving success after overcoming a childhood surrounded by abuse and addiction. Through his videos, online courses, and live events, he created a loyal global fan base and quickly became a powerhouse in self-improvement industry. Everybody welcome MJ. You <sighs> round of applause. It's an honor to be here. <laughs> the it's crowd goes honor. wild, the crowd goes wild. Our huge audience, y'all. We have a huge, huge, huge audience. In studio well, audience. they look beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> You guys, today's episode is about letting go of your past and grabbing hold of your future, something that MJ speaks a lot to. He's going to let us know how to grab hold of our, I mean, how to let go of our past so that we can grab hold of our future mm -hmm. when it comes to anything like related to finances or relationships, family, whatever that thing is that's holding us back. He's going to give us all of the fabulosity that he has to offer, right? You're going to tell us all the tips, all everything the- Everything Okay. Got. Everything, <laughs> everything in his brain. All of it. Yeah. All of it. But coming. to warm him up, we always start off with the spicy dish and um really quick we have like a few news and gossip items sophie turner and joe jonas got married in las vegas after the billboard music award shout out to all the winners of the billboard music mm -hmm. award yeah um i've been listening to um my kiss station so i'm very familiar with the jonas brothers and after um one of them got married to priyanka which was like two weddings to celebrate both of their cultures it was like a surprise that joe jonas like just what tied the knot in Vegas and did like a, what is it called? Like a hitch wedding? What are those yeah. weddings called that are called quick? Like they eloped, eloped, basically. Yeah, eloped. it was like an eloped, eloped yeah. yeah. So, um, but because we are a relationship show, we always celebrate unions when it is true love. And so positive, you know, shout out to them, um, celebrating them. The second thing we got to talk about is Real Housewives, Eva Marcel, pregnant with baby number three. Okay. Uh, oh, I didn't realize she had that many kids. Okay, go on, girl. Yeah, because the, fir the 2019, first- 2019, that's a Congrats. lot of babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is, like, like- People don't have that I many kids I want about four of them at least. You what? want four kids? I want at least, yeah. Okay, I just feel like that's unnecessary in 2019. It's like, a lot of kids. We don't have to farm anymore. Yeah. We don't necessarily, like, what are all these kids for? My brother's- they're, him and his wife are about to have their seventh. Oh my God. Oh my God. Uh -huh. See, they're keeping it populated for, for those of us who have zero kids. Y'all are picking up the slack. That's what it is. You're Why do we need slack. a village? Why do we need a village? Straight. I'm like four small. I grew up, I have six in my family. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That Man. is like yeah. unheard of now, just because one, you know, just with our new generation, um, we 
we're, we're more hesitant. We're slower to get married, slower yeah. to have kids. We're more apprehensive when it comes to the financial investment. We're investing differently in our priorities mm-hmm. versus what our parents did. Yeah. I mean, by 20, they were married with like six kids yeah. and already like and my living in a house. Where do you put them all? <laughs> right. Well, where's well, the eight bedroom taking house? care of these kids? <laughs> where's that eight bedroom well, house? You, you, you know, you, can, you have resources you and you have folks who help you out along with it. My thought about it is this. Um, I think it very practically on one level, oh, right? So on one level, finance. you're going to get old, all right? And so when you get old, you're going to want somebody to take care of you. And let me tell you, the That's man real. ain't guaranteed to stick around. And Facts. you can't just have one of them because, you know, what, they might what not that be, child don't like you. What if that you child know? doesn't like so you? I had to have a couple to hedge my bets. You got to hedge bets. But I just have always grown up in a big, big, big family, and I just have always been okay with that. Now, mind you, I have no children today, so by the time I have one or two, I may change my yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, You know, but I say, why not have a whole Kardashian plan? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mama Kardashian's uterus, man. She and has listen, done some work. Listen, well, I, have the good, I got the good fortune that they don't have to pass through me to come right? to this I know. Earth, you so. get, you're you're yeah. the easy part. It's a lot of personalities to manage. It I is. feel like the more kids that you have, it's yeah. a lot of attention. It's a lot of sacrifice because I already think that having children is a huge sacrifice in yeah. your time. Yeah finances, everything, even love, just emotional, like vulnerability to them. They control you. And so if you have to juggle that with four other mm-hmm. like little that's humans, lot. that's a lot. Who You don't have time for yourself. Big ups to all the mamas yes. out there. Shout out to the mamas. I don't know how y'all do it. Cause I can't even babysit well, let alone. <laughs> oh my God. I babysit my niece and I'm like watching her. She's first of all, like a grown child. She's like seven years old. And I'm like watching, make sure she's still breathing. I'm like freaking out. Like, I think she's figured breathing out by now. Like I am so paranoid. I have a big fame. I think I have about 18 nieces and nephews. Oh my so gosh. we always have a lot of kids. Well, yeah, I'm That's Latina beautiful. and black and we have, I mean, I, we have yeah. several villages. I'm like a great, great, great auntie because like yeah. my cousins and like all yeah, of them have yeah. had kids that have kids and my like, See. we have a big family too. But someone else who is expanding their family is Meghan Markle. Yes, Meghan. Shout out to her. She went into labor the, today, you said? Yes, Alice? she mm-hmm. had the baby, seven pounds, three ounces. She Ooh. is the Duchess of Sussex. Hey. And the queen gets to, so first of all, we don't know the baby's name yet because they don't say the baby's name until like a little while later right i think there's like a ceremony and then the queen is the person who decides whether this baby gets to have a royal title or not Ooh! and her child is the seventh in line for the throne oh my god okay. game of thrones up game in here of <laughs> <laughs> whose side are you on <laughs> well lucky child because i say you get all the benefits of being a royal without having to actually become sit on the throne thank you no you pressure know? right yeah, no pressure. <laughs> sign me up for seventh and row yeah, I'll be a hundredth in, in, in line yeah. I don't even care <laughs> stepping into your greatness royalty just yes. knighted real quick yes okay so yes and Game of Thrones shout out to Game of Thrones last night uh, it was uh, it was no. good I'm not gonna tell you what happened but it was good just shout out to Game of Thrones it was good it wasn't as good as the episode before last week because last week's was like Tons of blood and guts and murder. But this week um, was pretty good leading up to the next one. So, okay, I'm not going to give any spoiler alerts. Literally, but I, you've already, I, no. While we're on the topic of thrones and childbearing, bum, bum, royalty. Bum, 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 okay, MJ, like, I'm just going to be 100 really quick. Mm-hmm. Last night, I had a conversation with my friends. They got on me about the, being at my age and not having kids, right? Okay. It turned very emotional. For who? For, for you, me. For, for, for me. Two, two of my like two of my best <laughs> friends like got on me because they were like, "Well, you're not getting any younger." Like, like they started putting wow. all of these things that society tells on me, uh. and what they were insensitive to was the fact that one. And I'm very open with this about mm. everyone on the show. I grew up in a single parent home. Yeah. 
um, raised my siblings myself. Mm -hmm. So, and so my mom, you know, married three times. So um, in toxic relationships, which is what led me into my purpose, into Mm -hmm. my greatness. However, it is a hot button for me Mm -hmm. when people try to pressure me to make these decisions about creating a family um, based on my childhood traumas and tribulations, which I've been working out with my therapist. But now I'm at this point where I want to I want to step into motherhood, and mm-hmm. I want it to be my decision, not anybody else's. But I, it's still a trigger for me. Can I offer you some advice on this? Uh, that's what Ooh, I was going to ask. We're you for. ready. When it comes to big life decisions, children, whatever else, you don't need to entertain those conversations with anybody unless they are in complete support of it. This is not something where you need a sounding board. You don't need an amen crew either. This is your choice. I had to make this choice for myself because when I said I wanted to have kids, I was talking with one of my relatives and I said, I want to, I said, I'm going to have kids. And they said, oh, how would you want to do that? Oh, you're too focused on your career. You couldn't be a good parent. And gave me this, whole, here. this whole speech. And I'm just like, well, you know, my exact response was I said, well, who the fuck was ever Ooh. prepared to become a parent right. when they did it? You Nobody. Know I mean? At the end of the day, you know, it's like, so why is it that there's a higher standard for me in terms of who I need to be um, and and to believe that I can't make the adjustments in my life is necessary. So a choice I made within Mm. that was that people have a right to have their own opinions, but I don't have to entertain those opinions. And I think that the fact that it was a hot button issue for you Mm -hmm. that made you feel emotional, that's an indicator that you should not be having that conversation with anyone other than your spouse or other people who are in support of your choice. That's it. People who are resonating with you, Mm -hmm. who resonate, who identify with you. Yes. I will tell you, I so agree with that. I absolutely love that. I have a girlfriend and she does not tell anybody anything she's doing mm. until she it's has- just a surprise. Until, <laughs> until, well, cause she wants to, cause she doesn't like getting all the additional information because even if somebody like slightly disagrees with you, it might slightly shift your perspective it on what can. it is you're doing. And you might think that you're so strong on it and you know exactly what you want, but mm. now this person has come in with some negativity and now you have like a little bit of doubt. You have a, a, that little that little mustard And that's seed what affected doubt. me was the negativity. Like, don't yeah. tell me that my plan for having the kid next year and that I want it to be a Capricorn baby, so I'm gonna plan in March and I'm gonna have it season two when um, Allie and I get a show. Like, Pop I was like, yeah. spe- I was man- yeah. I'm manifesting you're all this. You're exactly what you Don't intend. tell me that that can't be done. And that really affected me because, not because I didn't, not because I believe them, but because they weren't supportive of what I believe my dream to be. And I feel like I'm not over here persecuting anybody for not being married at a certain age or not, uh, having a child at a certain age or career goal or mm-hmm. rich at a certain age, like don't do that to me. Well, people often project what their opinions about your life based on their own experience. So the relative I was talking about who had the opinion on me having kids, what I realized was that this is a person who had their first child when they were 17 or 18. Mm-hmm. And it was at a point in time in her life where I don't think that if she could do it all over again, she would have had kids at that time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so she was thrust into motherhood with a husband who was abusive. And so her experience oh, and context lady. around being a mother was very much so filtered through a lot of trauma. So for her telling me, why would you want to have kids? Why don't you just travel the world and focus on your career? What she's doing is projecting her fantasy right, her onto on me, you. but it's coming across as a self-limiting belief. So what I had to understand was that it's nothing personal, but people often project their stuff onto you. That's why you don't need to talk to exactly. about your stuff. Tell me how to exactly. pivot that conversation. Like, so you said earlier, <laughs> don't even entertain it. No. Okay, when it comes up, don't start what, what is the spicy tip? What can we say to our friends or family or whomever that is about to project some negative opinion or mm-hmm. something that we know is not our truth? Well, what I say in that moment, I say, you know what? Now, if you want to use this terminology, use whatever terminology works for you. But I say, you know what? You know, this is what the Lord has led me to do. And I'm just so excited about this. So, you know, I know I'm prayerful that you'll be in support of me. And even if you're not, I'm prayerful that you'll support me anyway. Ooh. All right? And I just leave it at that. And I change the subject. Say, what's for dinner? That's it. 
What's for dinner, boo? I'm not talking about it. Shift we don't and have pivot. Have a, shift and pivot. <laughs> That's right, Dr. Allen. We don't have to have a conversation about it any further than me saying, well, this is what I'm going to do. What do you want to have for dinner? We're not entertaining it any further mm. than that. That's what I say, girl. That's it, because you can't give them the opportunity to try to get back in. Like, well, no, but actually, I need because you know when you bring up Jesus, I mean, it's hard to I deny. That's, that's yeah, that's what it was about. Yeah, but it's hard. It's, yeah. it's 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 really hard to go beyond and be like, well, Jesus actually told me that you shouldn't do. You know, you got like, a direct line to him right? that I don't got. Right, you right? got a direct line to the universe that I don't have. That's so, it. Mm -mm. That's no, it. We're not talking about that's that a good no one. Further. That's a good one. Make mm -hmm. notes, y'all. Make two of the other issue that I think that people overlook in the desire to start a family, whether it be, you know, marriage or children. And we were kind of talking about this before we hopped on the show was the financial obligation, right? You're an expert when it comes to financial advice and mm -hmm. guidance. If I grew up poor, which I did, that is the reason why family is such a trigger for me is because I understand the financial constraints that you operate within if you have children. How do I get over that hump because today's episode is about letting go of your past yeah. and grabbing hold of your future so how do i let go of the fact that i grew up poor and i don't ever want to be poor again so let me ask you this so you said you were raised primarily by your mom yes and what did your mom do for a living she is a she works at fedex she's a um, international agent and she's also uh, the chaplain of her church okay and my mom's also and she also runs also. my hot sauce company and she runs a hot sauce company. <laughs> spicy mama hot sauce and what, <laughs> is it fair to say that your financial situation today is different than what your mother's was when you were growing yes up? my financial situation is better than my mother's was yes so from that perspective i think one of the things you got to be willing to do is you have to accept that your mother's limitations as well as your mother's trauma in terms of the type of relationships he shows were not yours you experienced it you observed them because you were in that environment growing up but it's not you you are not your mom Mm -hmm. that's something you're gonna to have to hammer in over and over and over again mm. until it, you kind of have to talk back to yourself it's that self-talk those feelings and those fears will come up because you grew up within that so you can't unlearn that immediately but I do think that you have control to, to you have control over your self-talk to be able to say I'm not my mother um, I don't have to worry about making the same financial choices that she had to make I don't have the same limitations as her so I think that that's a really important thing to think about. But also think about the fact that because you grew up within that situation, um, the fact is you're probably going to be much more conscious mm -hmm. about using money um, in a more productive way mm -hmm. because of the fact that you know what it means not to have it. So it, you can pivot it, as Dr. Alice mm -hmm. said, you can pivot this whole topic to make it into something that makes you just more conscious in a positive way. It doesn't mm. have to be a negative. Yes. Thing. How do I become more conscious in a positive way? Is it something that I'm telling? Is it more self-talk? Is it... In my behavior, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. What's this step two? So self, step one is the self-talk, having mm -hmm. these conversations with myself. Uh, those limitations are not mine. Mm -hmm. Step two is pivoting to make it something that, you know, I'm more, like you guys said, positive, more conscious about. Mm -hmm. But then what does the consciousness then do with my, like? yeah. So you have to be productive with your consciousness. So what that means is you need to be very specific about what are my exact fears. Simply saying, I'm afraid of, the fi I have financial concerns about having kids. That's not specific enough. You need to drill down. Mm -hmm. What is the specific financial concern? Is it that we won't have enough money, that we won't be able to send them to college, whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. And then what I would recommend doing is actually writing down on paper, okay, this is what comes in. This is how much surplus we have. This is how much it would cost to have a kid. Like write it out, diapers, whatever it may be. Talk to a friend who's got kids and say, hey, what are you exactly spending each month on the kids? Like what are you ballparking? I think you need to see it on paper because often what happens is, um, this is a different example, but a similar. Mm -hmm. I want to leave my full-time job. This is back when I was a consultant. And I wanted to leave so bad. Oh, I hated mm -hmm. my job. So I could focus <laughs> on my business. And what ended up happening was that 
I was so afraid that I did not have the financial resources to do it. I was really afraid of that. So my mother made me sit down, and I'm very close to my mom too. She mm -hmm. said, sit down and write out how much money comes in from your business versus how much are your bills. I wrote it out and I realized, actually, I made pretty good money from mm -hmm. my business, so I could do it. I think often when we see it on paper, it takes away the subjectivity uh. of our concerns. and makes it very objective, very black and white. Can I afford it? And if not, what steps do we need to take? Do we need to increase our income by 40%? Do we need to decrease our expenses by X percent? Then it's very much so in your face, and it really does kill the fears. Fears are often, in my opinion, fears are often just unprocessed concerns that we just need to work through. You know what I mean? So you just need to drill down on why am I afraid and what can I do about it? Fears are unprocessed concerns. Yeah. I like that. Okay. That's a that's a good little spin on it. Um I'm gonna I'm start asking you some more financial questions. Um because <laughs> mind you, we're getting some 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 help uh while we're talking to MJ <laughs> no, it's over like here. Spicy's taking extra notes. She's not yeah. just taking notes for y'all. Like, She's really taking notes for down because you know, this is stuff that it's real that you know, when it comes to even relationships, like I speak, you know, life and positivity and how to get your goals achieved when it comes to relationship, because that's what I'm an expert yeah. at. But when I have a financial expert in front of me, oh, I'm about to take Ask advantage. Every question you need. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like finances also speak so much to, to so much more than just so what's much. in your wallet, what's in your bank account. It's about, you know, like you said, like your goals, your dreams. We have a lot of, we all have beliefs that we've evolved about money from mm -hmm. the, the way that our parents raised us and the way that we experienced money when we were young. And so it's about, you know, really having to like, I love the, the whole concept of letting go yeah. of the things, the patterns from our past, the things that don't serve us anymore so that we can hold on to something that's new. Like for example, when our parents were coming up, everything was different. The way that the, the, the mm -hmm. way that finances mm -hmm. worked were different. You made more, you know, houses were more affordable, things were different. So the way that they functioned and would move to the world financially is very different for us. Very yep. different. You know, and so and so we have to recreate. Mm -hmm. Like every I think every generation honestly has, you know, the, the depression. They had to recreate from what their parents were going Absolutely. through. Absolutely. So. We're in a very different generation now. I mean, you know, you know, you talk about what it means to have like a bunch of kids, you know, it's very different nowadays yeah. mm -hmm. you know i and i think that that you know the idea like i come from a family where my great-grandmother she was she had 12 siblings yeah. well, it was an that agricultural is, generation my, my grandma right. had 12 siblings yeah exactly <laughs> it was, it was yeah. a very different set of yeah. circumstances so if okay so to this difference of circumstances you know right now we're living in an age where um social media exists right yes but our our friend circles are much larger we have more access to people growing up in this day and age they're pushing more about our social connections and our network mm -hmm. is the saying true that our net worth is our network should we Absolutely. be shifting who our friendships are should we you know do we do we let go of some of them like friends from elementary or middle school ooh, or college ooh. that may not be going on the same path as us or how do we juggle those relationships? Like, what does that look like? I think that you need to absolutely and unapologetically surround yourself with people who are in support of where you are going, mm -hmm. who are in alignment with where you are going and who are compatible with where you are going. I think that's very important because I'm not, not to say you got to get rid of everybody mm -hmm. from, from childhood because my best friend from childhood he, we live very, very, very different lives. But the fact is that we are compatible for where I'm going and for where he's going because mm -hmm. I'm supportive of him and he's supportive there of me. Go. So we don't have to have the same bank account exactly. balance or the same accomplishments, but we're in support of each other. And that's been something, just speaking very personal, that I've had to encounter for myself. You know, I went from being someone who nobody knew to someone where more people knew my name. Mm -hmm. And I had to be very thoughtful over the years around what does that mean in terms of who I place myself around 
in order to stay motivated. Mm. Also to protect myself on a lot of different levels because the reality is that, you know, I grew up, I would say working class. We were we were hanging on to middle class by our teeth and fingernails, mm -hmm. okay? Like it was, we were at the bottom rung of it. And so for me, what I, as I started to make more money and started to get more sort of recognition for my work, one of the things that was really challenging for me to accept was that although I saw myself the same, people around me did not see me as the same. They mm. saw me for my accomplishments, they saw me for my money, they yeah. saw me for all those things. And I had to make a very hard choice around, you know what, I'm gonna have to separate for some folks because the fact is that this person here has significantly less to lose than me. Mm. And through Ooh. how they live their own life, how messy they wow. are, they would fuck up my shit if I stay around them, just being honest. That, and that's a point you know? that you have to think about, you know, with a lot of these like people like entering like the entertainment industry, basketball, you know, hip hop, music, and they have a lot of people around them mm -hmm. that have really never, they've never had anything. Mm -hmm. And so they end up, you know, dragging them into trouble. Like wh who was it? Was it uh, the dog fights? Yes, you know, oh, Michael Vick. Michael, Michael Vick, Vick yeah. dog fights. And then some of the other people who have like, you know, guns charges and, you know, people have brought things into their into their space. Maybe they didn't want in their space, but mm -hmm. now it's there and the cops are there and now their whole career is it's damaged. Being compromised. Because you're right, there's a whole, there's a different, there's a different level of, of um, like a dynamic and how you live, you go about living your life once you get to a certain place where you have to now protect certain things. Yes, And it gets yes. a little scarier. It's like, I could lose a $10 million contract. You can lose <laughs> a lot. And I think that's why you have to be unapologetic about it. But even if you're not, because the vast majority of people who are listening today, these are not folks who are in the public eye, yeah. you know? And so I think that even beyond that, what you've got to think about is sort of like the conversation we were just having earlier mm -hmm. about, about your choice around when you want to have a family and under what conditions yep. you want to have them. You need to surround yourself with people who are going to be supportive of who you want to become. If you want to pivot tomorrow and say, I want to be a completely different kind of person, you need to be around people who are going to support that and not try to hold you to, well, girl, you remember what you used to do. Right. Remember this? You need to nah, oh, uh, support yeah. me and ride with me. I don't need no devil's advocates, okay? Because listen, people, I hate that devil's advocate. Let me play devil's advocate. <laughs> I don't need that. You know what I mean? You think I don't know that bad things can happen right You think I don't know that bad things can happen right now? You think I need someone to be putting extra negativity in my mind and I'm not scared already? Right. And if a bad thing does happen, Trust me to be able to be agile. Trust me enough to be able to pivot if I need to do that, okay? Trust me, because I trust me, mm -hmm. okay? And so that, to me, is the litmus test for who's around me. It has nothing to do with money, accomplishments, or anything like that. It has to do with, are you in support mm. of me living my best life under whatever terms I define my best life to be? So how do you apply that when it comes to your personal and dating life? Because you're in this place of, mm -hmm. you know, you are, like you said, you're starting to get, you know, a lot more attention, mm -hmm. accomplished. You have, you know, great financial management. You're giving, you know, information on this. When you're dating, like, what are the prerequisites? Well, how are you screening who's a good partner for you versus who's not? So talk let me about, tell you, this yeah. dating has been challenging. I will tell you that I, you know, when you talk about a history of toxic relationships, for me, that was something that mm. I dealt with because I dealt with abuse as a child. So how I learned to love and be loved was I learned, first of all, that love was something you had to work for. Mm -hmm. And then I also learned that I, I learned that love was something that came with abuse, came with mistreatment. And that and that if that was there, it's fine. That's just what happens sometimes, mm -hmm. you know? And so for me, it was very hard to, independent of money or anything like that, it was very hard for me to learn how to date uh, in a healthy way. And so at this point in my life, I'm honestly learning that. I think I really am just very Beautiful. transparently learning that right now. Um, therapy's a big help too. Yep, therapy's well, amazing. One of the things that's very <laughs> important to me at this point in my life is A, um, are you confident in who you are and whatever your walk is in life? 
you know, because I have a big life. I really do have a big life, mm -hmm. and I've got a big presence in terms of who I am on an individual level. And if you're not confident in who you are, your insecurity is going to eat you alive. You can't survive mm. in this yeah. if you're not if you're not confident in who you are. Um, beyond that, I do think that it's very helpful that I I prefer to date people who have been through therapy on some level because we will have a trauma or a crisis at some point in the relationship and if you don't have the tools to process your stuff because yep. we all got stuff coming into this thing so if you don't have the tools to process your stuff and you're not open to um tools like therapy then i don't know how we're going to work through this because we don't we can't do it alone you yep. really do need everybody outside needs resources. help mm -hmm. oh absolutely and so that's a part of it too you know i may be seeking out your help too honey because i don't know the rest of what i am getting old and i need this house in calabasas with these babies <laughs> to come soon so yeah. i got you i got you i got you i think i think <laughs> yeah, a I huge part of what you said though is what a lot of people underestimate is they measure a relationship by how well it's going mm -hmm. right those good feelings the endorphins that are going on that like the the love Love that they're feeling and the passion that they're feeling and when it doesn't feel like that and when there's problems they're measuring the relationship at the problems versus mm. how it what's our recovery process how do mm. we get through problems mm. because relationships are never consistently no. copacetic never consistently smooth and easy breezy mm. but it's how do you work through those issues and heal and forgive and move on to the next well, you guys were talking about pivoting Moving earlier on, pivoting. and you know bouncing mm. like that's a part of the relationship process I think that people underestimate it's not so much like oh my gosh we're fighting so much now well why are you fighting and how are you resolving for that versus oh I relate you know just hoping that it's always going to be you know yeah. honeymoon phase and that's not realistic yeah, when, you know relationships in conflict to me are synonymous with each other because yeah. relationships to me are a giant mirror. It doesn't matter if it's a business relationship, a romantic relationship, friendship, it doesn't matter. It's a giant mirror. It's amazing how you can think you are perfectly calm and you think you are perfectly, everything right and fine with you when you're single. Then you meet somebody. And after that infatuation wears <laughs> off, you realize I am actually nuts, okay? Your stuff just comes up to the surface. So when people are looking for these perfect relationships, no conflict, no nothing, I'm like, well, baby, you just need to be single. Get yourself a cat today because you're not gonna be able to keep anybody. They bring up your stuff. But I like what you said, it's all about what does the recovery mm -hmm. look like? If you yeah. can recover well, you can get through anything. Which is why the Whenever, therapy process is important, exactly. right? Exactly. Whenever I work with clients, with couples, one of the key components that I want to make sure that I reinforce to people is that your partner is not the enemy. Your partner is not the problem. The communication pattern yep. that you have developed is the problem. And you develop that pattern as a, as a result of patterns you saw mm. when you were a child. Mm -hmm. Because your partner becomes your caregiver. And so whatever issues you have with your primary caregiver, whether that's your mom, dad, grandma, mm -hmm. uncle, auntie, whoever raised you, then those problems filter into your relationships, which is why you see people dating the same type of person mm -hmm. over and over and over again, because there's this unconscious desire to fix problems from your childhood. Absolutely. We all want to do it. Mm -hmm. we, try, we try to solve problems in our childhood through getting education, through making money, through all mm -hmm. of these things, but it doesn't actually solve those initial wounds. Mm -mm. So we still have these gaping wounds, but we're trying to cover them up with these tiny little band-aids. And that's where I love the idea. So of letting go, like um, I'm Buddhist and Buddhism talks a lot about letting go. And basically they talk a lot about how you don't push anything away and you don't hold on to anything. Mm -hmm. You allow it to exist and you study it and you understand it. Because the more you understand these things that we have, the, the, the better you're, you get at being able to sit quietly and observe it and learn it, the better you get. Because if you constantly push it away and shove it away and try to get rid of it, you never learn it. Mm. And it'll come, it'll keep coming yeah. back. They say what you resist will persist. Yeah. Per right? Mm -hmm. It will come back. It'll persist. And so you have to just sit with it. 
How does it feel to sit with the fact that your mom beat you when you were a kid? How does it feel to sit with the fact that you were sexually abused as a kid? What do these things feel like? And that's what you need to be in treatment for because sitting with those emotions is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And it can result in behaviors that you don't want to have emerge. Yeah. It can result in feelings that you don't want to emerge. So if you have someone that can safely walk with you on this journey through the shit that we all have, mm -hmm. you know, and that's how you begin the process of actually letting things drop off the table naturally. I love that. Right? I love that. Because it's, it's hard, it's hard. And I, I, I did a whole lecture on forgiveness a few years ago, and it was from the perspective, I did it for a church, and it was from the perspective of 70 times seven, right? And how forgiveness isn't something you do once. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness is something you do every single time you think about what happened to you. Mm -hmm. You forgive again and again and again, including forgiving yourself. If you did something you don't like, you are constantly having to forgive yourself again and again and again until it gets easier and easier and easier and easier, and you understand it more and more and more. And I think that's how the letting go process is as well. You have to keep letting things go over and over again, the same thing. One of the keys for forgiveness for me, and I don't remember where I learned yeah. this from, but it is not my original idea, but the one of the keys that helps me with forgiveness is remembering this statement, that by holding on to whatever the feeling is that I'm having today, that will not change what happened, That's it. right? So for me, the key to forgiveness is simply accepting that yeah. I have the power to change how I identify with that experience. You mm. know, I was abused as a kid, you know, and for me, it was it was an awful thing. And in my young adult years, you know, it just, I thought of it, it just made me feel so bad, made mm -hmm. me feel worthless and everything like that. And what I had to do was I had to change my orientation to it. First of all, I'll say that no matter how much you are ripping yourself apart today and how, and how much you're letting this affect your relationships, because it definitely affected my relationships today, that doesn't change what happened. What you have to do is change how you feel about what happened, change your orientation to what happened. And so for me, I chose to integrate those lessons into my platform because it was very cathartic me to teach people about how to overcome and how to deal with it or even if i didn't have an idea of how to overcome a specific thing just to talk with audiences it's, about it yeah that's it. it helped me would it's you say that that's the same for finances absolutely bad financial investments just like bad people investments and in relationships bad financial investments some people have filed bankruptcy some people mm -hmm. have you know lost homes or mismanaged their money um put money into the wrong businesses is it the same process for forgiving yourself when it comes to your financial choices and if so then how do you make better choices if you've created this pattern of bad choices? So let me tell you this. I had a whole history of bad choices. I've almost faced bankruptcy twice, you know. Uh, my biggest video to date, it's done almost 50 million views across the platforms, was a, was a video with me talking about going broke trying to impress people. Okay. Mm. Um, Speak to yeah. LA. And hello. Hello, LA. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. And so that was that. Um, I have been through a lot of financial rough wars. My success, my most successful business didn't happen until my 13th business. Okay. I was a serial entrepreneur. You know, I tried everything, you know? And so for me, I, that was the hardest part of getting back on the horse, so to speak, to go into business for myself again was always, oh, I felt so terrible mm -hmm. about the, the failure, as I would have called at that time, a failure. Now they're just lessons really, mm -hmm. um, that happened to me. I think that you have to be willing to forgive yourself and also accept that you did the best based on what you knew at that time you know if i had could look back and i knew what i knew now i wouldn't have made the same financial choices i made i wouldn't have made the same business choices but i did the best based on what i knew at that time now that i'd accept that and take control of the fact that i can make different choices today here's the thing the past rather you're talking about finance or talking about any yep. area of your life is a complete figment of your imagination it does mm -hmm. not exist in the flesh does it, does not not exist. it doesn't exist you're it doesn't right exist. it's in the past so the only thing that matters is the choices you make today so if you want to continue making the same choices you made yesterday then you have the same you have the same past but if you take control 
control the fact that I can make different choices today, inch by inch, mile by mile, then you will see a different future. And that's what I focus on. What can I do today? I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh, you guys, we're getting some gems right here. Really quick though, we have to show love to our spicy sponsor, Toyota. What's greater than finding a gas station in the middle of nowhere? Knowing that less trips to the pump means less creepy encounters thanks to your all-new 2020 Corolla Hybrid. The first-ever Corolla Hybrid with up to 53 city EPA-estimated MPG is a game-changer. With standard features like sport mode, honeycomb mesh grille, and an 8-inch touchscreen display, it's more than just another hybrid. The Toyota Corolla Hybrid is sleek, fun to drive, and greater than ever. 2020 Corolla Hybrid EPA 53 city, 52 highway, 52 combined MPG estimates. Actual mileage will vary. All right, and we are back. We have MJ. He is talking to us about how to let go of your past, grab hold of your future. He has given us tons of information about, you know, the, our relationships and our financial success. And so next I want to know, should we invest in businesses with our friends and lovers? So here's my thought about investing. So I'll tell you this. So um, it's so funny you mentioned that your mom manages your hot sauce yes. business. So my mom is the GM of my financial business. And I love working with family because I think you can trust them uh, if they're qualified, but that's the key. They have to be qualified. Nobody should be in your Thank business you. and you should not invest anybody unless they are fully qualified. Don't hire auntie just because she's your auntie. <laughs> yeah, she, it doesn't she doesn't know how to work a camera. She can't be your DP. Not at all. <laughs> right. And so you need to hold them to the same due diligence, the same every stance you would hold to anybody else before yeah. you invest with them. Contracts need to be in place. Uh, that's very, very important. You need to have things laid out on paper and all that. But I think it's fine to invest with family or friends if they are well qualified. And, and uh, beyond that, do you have a clear, very clear, um, do you have clear terms in your agreement about what will happen in a termination of the relationship? Mm. The contract cannot just reflect best case scenarios. You need to talk about, well, if we want to terminate, what are the terms? How will money be handled in that mm. circumstance? It's, I, you know, one of the people who helped me out tremendously um, within my business is is my ex. You know, he has helped me tremendously. We still do work together today. And when we started in business together, um, one of the things we did was we put together a contract and in the contract, we made it very, very clear around what would be the terms of should the relationship end? Should this happen? Should that happen? We had very untraditional terms yeah. in the contract, but hey, it's our contract. Smart, yeah. And we put that all together in a way that reflected what was best for us and also reflected the worst case scenario as well. And even today, you know, we are not together romantically. He lives a very happy life. I live a very happy life. And we still make a, a lot of money together because we had a good contract. See, and that's the thing. And that's the thing. You should not let emotions and anger and a situation, a dynamic impact money. Absolutely not. At, I Absolutely love not. that. I'm about to work up some contracts yeah. tonight. <laughs> me, me and my husband may have to sign one. Like, okay, I was thinking about me right, and my husband. I was like, wait, I need to have me because he helps me with my business as well. I'm like, I do have him a CFO, but like, the contracts are important. They're important. Do you, what is your stance on, um, so I have two questions. Yep. One, before I forget, is should you invest in your partner's business even if you don't believe in? No. 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 Okay. So yeah, there, that was answered. Ask an answer. <laughs> Second question. It don't rip your marriage apart because the business falls apart and you done lost your money, y'all losing the house, you're going to resent the hell out of your well, partner. Well, it's one Absolutely. of the main reasons you know, for a divorce. Yeah, fin money. The financial, yeah. Absolutely. And it's hard to, you know, entrepreneurs have a hard time because one partner is investing or believing mm -hmm. in like it's pulling away from the household income. And you also have to look into your relationship. If you can't tell them like, honey, that idea isn't really- That's your gift. That's not mm -hmm. gonna work. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, I, I do remember back in the day, I dated this guy that wanted to be a singer. He was the- Absolutely no! Oh, he was the absolute worst singer on planet Earth. See, and how do you support that? How I, do you support someone that sucks? You don't comment on it, but you also <laughs> give it. your money. I went to all of his horrible shows. 
I supported him Child. no matter what, but he was like literally the most gorgeous man I've ever seen on planet Earth. I think it that much. So I was like, can we just, can you model? Like, I was getting <laughs> photo shoots. I was trying to like, again, Ellie's like, let's pivot. Like, pivot. <laughs> I was trying to pivot him into his skill set because this yeah. boy was. <laughs> but, but he could not sing at all mm -hmm. and i don't know where he is he's not a singer bless <laughs> his heart <laughs> okay talk to us about prenup then so yes. you know say we do enter into this relationship we're dating just like you, yeah. you know with your ex you get married do we make them sign a pre is that a contract yes. that you are for for prenup mm -hmm. because some people have this stipulation that if you have a prenup you are manifesting a divorce like you no, are saying no, no. we're gonna eventually divorce so here's my opinion on it look at the statistics okay look at them mm -hmm. the fact is it was over half of marriages will end in divorce and i don't think that as there's a bad thing because i think that people are for a reason a season or a lifetime with you mm -hmm. and there could be someone you could be deeply in love with and have a very healthy relationship with but you all grow apart and that connection expires in the form that it was originally formed with the and connection you all expires or co-parents mm -hmm. or whatever it may be and so from that perspective, recognize that any relationship can transition. I think that you should have a prenup. But here's the thing I always stress about prenuptial agreements is that people always think about prenuptial agreements under the terms of like what happens if the relationship expires or terminates. A prenup at all is a prenuptial, pre-marriage agreement. It goes through a lot of things like um, like how will we handle money in the marriage? How will we handle childcare related issues? Different things like that that probably should be on paper. Yeah. And so I think it's really great because why not just determine what are our terms gonna be for the marriage or what are the terms gonna be for divorce if it happens to happen? while we're in the best of moods. Because most time you're creating a prenup right. right before the marriage Great starts. So you idea. love each other. So let's determine those things now Positive. rather than mm -hmm. when we mad each other sitting in the, in, you know, in, the, in the Ventura County Courthouse. That's it. You you're, know what I mean? Because you're <laughs> at your worst. Let's not do it then. You're at your worst. You're at your most angriest. And if you have a prenup, you signed it and created it in love. Yeah. And you are more likely to get a fair outcome from the relationship. In when you're writing a contract in love, as opposed mm -hmm. to you're at the end and now everyone's trying to take everybody for everything they've got. Absolutely, I I, I believe in them. I believe in prenups. I believe in non-disclosures. Period. Dot. Especially if you're someone if you have if you have any aspiration mm. of ever being a public person, mm. your person you're relationship with is going to see a lot of mm. you and learn a lot about you. It's not like you sit up here doing nothing crazy. But I believe in that. I remember I was so I'm dating at these at mm. this point, yeah. and I met Go a ahead, gentleman, boy. and I he, I said to him we we're talking everything like that, and I never bring it out on the first date. Like oh hi, nice to meet you. Here's the, here's the non-disclosure. It's not a bad idea. Docusign. Docusign this really quick. But I, as I get closer, I said to him, I said, you're a public person because he was a public person. I said, I'm a public person. I said, how would you feel about, about having like, something like this in place? And this, I'll tell you why it was our last date. He says, I would never sign a non-disclosure and I would also never sign a prenup because I don't oh. believe in them. Oh. And I said, well, it has been an absolute pleasure dream. getting to know you because why wouldn't you want to have something in place that protects you? These documents are to protect both people. And I think that they're necessary, especially the prenup, no, but beyond true. that, I, I think mean, that other things are important. Like you said, as a public figure in this world right now, people take pictures of you while you're sleeping. Yes. People do all kinds of crazy stuff and you just, you don't, you don't want it. No. You don't want it. You don't want no parts of it. Even if you don't do anything crazy in your life, you're doing things that are typical. You just, there's some things people just don't need to see. But also in the world of social media, you don't have to be a public person. You need to be able to, especially in a marriage, you need to be very, very clear about what can be put out there on social media. There are people's lives who have been ruined yeah, because of social media. You don't have to be a person on television. We think of these agreements as things for rich people or famous right, people. Right. These right. are things that can protect anybody. And like, I think they're important to consider at the very exactly. least. Exactly. Like, like, I mean, 
I haven't signed an NDA with my husband, but like he just got his. <laughs> no, 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 he just got that's a wisdom. great idea. I'm going too. home I, he and drafting one. Up. He needs to make me sign it. So I can't talk shit on the show about him anymore. I'm like, NJ, here's the only baby. Shay, Shay's drafting one up right now. Yeah. Spicy's husband's like, oh, really? Oh, she, she can stop talking about me on air? Okay, great. But he just got two wisdom teeth out. Mm. And he was like, put to sleep. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to video him when he wakes oh, up. Oh, my God. And the Allie. nurse was literally like, no, don't do don't it. Do it. Mm -hmm. She's like, because people's lives, like, and he didn't say anything crazy but i didn't record him i did at all i just didn't yeah. want it in the cloud i yeah. didn't want it to exist no. and um and because she was like because she's actually known of people whose lives have just been destroyed by what? something they said while they were you know because you're under like drugs super yeah you say anything you say all the things yeah. and and so i was just like that would that could have been a moment mm -hmm. like a really bad public social media moment <laughs> i think you have to think about when you come into a union you need to make sure you are financially protected. You need to make sure you are personally protected. You yeah. need to think from worst case scenario backwards. And I, for me being in the financial services industry, I'm sort of predisposed to thinking about yeah. that. So I'm yeah. a little bit more conscious of that kind of stuff. But I think it's just something I sleep better at night knowing that I've got things in place to protect me right. when I'm in a relationship. I just instantly imagined you snuggled up with one of those little triangle hats with a puff on it and a little teddy bear, like mm. holding a contract. Holding yeah. a contract. <laughs> what, about, what about the person though who goes on this date like yeah. you went, right? Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, I don't believe in a prenup. I don't believe yeah. it, you know, like what about the person who goes on the date with that person, but they're fine to, you know, Ali's point, you mm -hmm. know, they, they look good and you're like, well, maybe I point. can change their mind. I know they're saying that they don't believe in a prenup. I know they're saying they don't want kids. I know they're saying they don't, you know, believe in marriage or, it, you know, fidelity. Like what about the person who says that thing? And the other person who says, I can change your mind once I get you to fall in love oh, with me. No. Baby that doll. happens often. <laughs> Let me, baby doll, sweetie pie. You can't change nobody's mind. Okay. You, Boop. you, you could ease more easily hurt kittens than you can change somebody's <laughs> mind. Okay. And you can never hurt a kid. You can't change who they are. <laughs> if someone says that they that they that they believe in a different form of monogamy than you, like they want to sleep with other people and you don't, then you can't change that. If somebody has a temper, you can't change that. Mm. If somebody says that they don't that they don't want to sign something or whatever that may be, whatever protection mechanism you want to use, you can't change that. I think the best thing you can do is when you meet somebody, you and this is a lesson I had to learn, who they are in everything you see, accept that as as they are. And also accept for yourself, if they never change, if they are this exact same person five years from now, 10 years from now, am I okay with that? If the yeah. answer is yes, then proceed. If the answer is no, then you need to probably not proceed at that point in time because the fact is that we are who we are. And more than likely, when you, as you get to know someone, they're not going to show you better traits. You're going to get to see a, a, a broader no. picture of them. Reach I don't say that. bad traits, but you're going to see a broader picture of them. People get comfortable, and they're they not, they're not, their representative is, uh, has yeah. gone away a little bit. So yeah. pay attention to financial habits. I went on a date with someone years ago, and I remember I got into his house for the first time, and I go in there, he had a stack of unopened bills. I knew they were bills. I could see right on the counter. Um, <laughs> on his counter. And immediately I said to myself, oh, I just said in passing a couple hours later, I said, I said you know, I just love auto pay. Just to try to bring it up. I love that auto pay. That is a good way. How do you and bring then, auto pay up right. in a conversation? And then he said something about, I said, I, act like I was checking my phone like a bill. Just gone through. I said, yeah, I love auto pay. Yeah, pay so great. And, yeah. and then he says to me, he's like, he's like, I don't trust that because, you know, people just take stuff out your account. I need to know what's going on. So I'm thinking, so you're not on auto pay and you got a stack of unpaid bills. So I was very direct with him. Mm -hmm. I said, I have an honest question with you. And I always, I say, disclose before you ask anything. So I said, you know, for me, I almost have gone through bankruptcy. I've had a really hard time with learning how to manage money over the years. How's your relationship with money? Great, great freaking and then, question. And then he told me, well, I'm not great with it. I'm learning. Well, for me, I said, now, listen, both of us can't be a mess with money. Somebody got to be a little right. more stable Someone than has to be on top right. of this. Yeah. <laughs> and so for him, I didn't, it wasn't a blemish on him, but I had to think to myself, 
okay, pay attention to that. Not, okay, well, I can get him to change. He'll be better. Right. The question is, am I okay being in a relationship with someone who clearly, it was pink notices in there. And are you willing to sign up for that role as being the, the caregiver? The, yes, being the person, you know, and that maybe that is your gift that you contribute to the relationship and maybe they bring stability from a different place, an Absolutely. emotional place. That's what you want to do. If that, yeah, if, if you're, you're right. comfortable with that, are you you're willing right. to sign up for that? You have to think about as well. So, you know, for me, like um, the trauma I saw around money growing up was like that. I saw one parent who was very good with money and one parent who was awful with money. And from that experience, mm-hmm. I know that I'm not wired to be the financial educator or the financial manager in a relationship. I'm very good with money nowadays, but even with what I know about money, that's just not a role that I want to have because my thing is, mm-hmm. what if I were to get hit up on the side of the head and or something you- like that and I couldn't manage the money no more or something like that, we're then are trouble. we at your whim? Right, you right. know? And so for me, I do need to see, you don't have to be someone like me with a bunch of licenses and managing money, but you do need to at least have some, can you pay the bills on yeah. time? Can you pay them And that's time? where the place of, and Ali and I speak to self-awareness, oftentimes knowing yourself and being aware of your limitations, your behaviors, like your thought process and how you think, what you're comfortable with plays into the relationship and helps you make healthier choices yeah. because most people will say, well, I'm good at money. I'll just be the one who, you know, who does this, or I'm good at family caregiving. I'll just be the one who it's takes care of the kids. When, if you are without your partner, what happens? Who are you entrusting to raise your child if you're not there? Who are you entrusting to handle the money if you're not there? Like that is something that you, you know, you have to think about that. I don't think that we think about what if I had to do this alone? Would I still be okay? Right. I are we going to still be good? <laughs> I have a, a really good friend where um, him and his partner were looking at having a baby. And when they were looking at having a baby, that was the one question I had. I said, I said, are you both signed up for the for doing I know that you both financially can handle it but are you both going to be able to provide the level of caregiving for this child because mm. I said my thought is that you're probably going to do most of the work mm. just because you take care of the home and are you going to be okay with that for the next 18 years Woo. if not this may be a great conversation to have on the phone <laughs> around what do our joint responsibilities look like not oh we'll work it out when, when the baby right gets we'll here. figure it out as yeah. we go That's I it. think you- same with money what is it going to look yeah. like what is the quickest way for me to make money right now for you to make money right now. Tell me how to put some money in my pocket. So two angles that I always recommend for this. First of all, is if you are employed in any field, rather you're self-employed or you work for someone else, doesn't matter. What you need to look at is how can I make more money for what I'm currently doing? So if you're self-employed, when was the last time you increased your rate for what you're doing? Is there an additional service that you can offer to your consumer base that can make you more money? That's first of all, increasing your rate or offering additional services. Um, The second thing is looking at how you can decrease expenses because sometimes you may be at your cap for what you can bring in for what you're doing. You're the most expensive one out there. You're getting paid the most in your office already and you don't want to leave your job. Mm-hmm. So the question is, well, how, what can we do to, to decrease my expenses? You know, I think asking for a raise if you're at work is never a bad thing. Um, but outside that realm, I'm a big believer that you can only save but so much money, but you can always make more money. There and so I think that looking for routes of supplemental income are very, very, very important. Even at this stage of my business, we're always looking for what is an additional revenue stream for the business. And I was talking to my grandmother. Oh, you always work. You ain't got enough. You ain't got enough money yet. No, I don't. Mm-mm, I don't. I want more. I Give it not. all. <laughs> I always want more revenue streams coming in. I th- and so that's the, to me how you can make more money. You know, the reality is I talk about your unique ability. Mm-hmm. And we all have a unique ability. For me, my unique ability is my ability to speak 
and influence people's decision-making processes with my words. I can motivate people. Yes. I can get them to move. And so for me, it's always looking at what is your unique ability? What do you do so well? What have you always done well? You know, you, you can do it in your sleep. When you was a little girl, people say, oh, you know, she is really good at that. And look at how can I apply that in such a way that can make me more money? So I knew I could talk really well. And I was like, well, you can't be a professional talker, but sales <laughs> was a way to make money, yeah. make extra money. And so that's what I did. I started my business as a way to earn sex, supplemental income when I was working a full-time job. Eventually that grew into its own thing. So again, look for how you can increase your rates for what you're already doing or increase your pay for what you're already doing or look for ways that you can make supplemental income when we're working with clients at the spicy life um, some of them come to me without knowing their purpose and knowing your purpose also helps with choosing your life partner absolutely one of the things that i go through them with not so much on the financial end but more of just understanding who you are are what are your gifts what are your talents and what are your skill sets and so that helps get in alignment with, okay, now how do we provide a service? How do we, you know, offer this to others? And so it sounds a little bit like how you're directing when it comes to, you know, these financial decisions or, you know, figuring out how to make money. And I think that oftentimes when we start dating or we get into relationships, we feel like, well, I, I'm not ready yet. I want to get into this tax bracket before I get into a relationship. <laughs> like yeah. I, until I start a family, I want to make this amount of money. Is that debilitating in your opinion or should we really set that hit that goal and then proceed i laugh when you say that because i just had a conversation yesterday with one of my friends about this i hear that more from men than i hear from women to be quite honest yep. but that's not to say that women don't feel the same way mm -hmm. too because i don't want to typecast but i generally hear it more from men where i i'm not dating right now because i don't want so i'm not at this level financially mm -hmm. why well, i would rather wait until this and my thing is this I'm a believer that being in a healthy relationship, your expenses go down. You know, let's talk about, you know, <laughs> joint income households, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think you're more productive, you know, and a lot of yep. just being very practical because you're not out here in the streets running around looking for your Facts. mates. And, and spending you know, money, money, money on dating. dates. I yes. Mean, being single is expensive. Your, your wife is a cheap date. She really is. You know, you know? <laughs> She really is. You know, and the things they can support you, you know, you got that pillow talk to give you advice. There's yeah. so many things, literally and yeah. figuratively, that can support you you and making more money. So I just tell people when you think that way, I say you really may be blocking your blessing for lack of better mm, terms by, by, say, by saying yeah. I have to hit this certain financial level before I get in a relationship. I don't, a relationship is not something you need to pay for. And anyone who, who and you see this a lot in LA, I don't want to be in a relationship with somebody unless they make this kind yeah. of money. Mm -hmm. That's just not yeah. your tribe. That's not who you need exactly. to be with Exactly, and that's anyway. feeding into the narrative. Yeah. And that's feeding into this whole fear that a lot of men do have of like, well, I have to make this much money because you can't get a girl who doesn't want you if you don't have boom, 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 boom. But it's like, you're not marrying somebody because of what they have. Yeah. You're marrying somebody because of who they are because one secret about money is you can always lose it. That's the truth. <laughs> it is not guaranteed. It is, it is not permanent. Yes. It does not have to be. It can be. You can definitely create a structure to where it will be, but it comes and it goes. And so if all you like about that person is how much they make. Good luck. <laughs> what do you feel like is more important? Because oftentimes when we're dating, we have to, usually when when you're, you have a, okay, a goal in mind, I want a relationship, right? Sometimes we have to choose between passion and security. Yeah. I'm going to ask you, what is your choice? If you it's you can only have one passion or security, what are you gonna <laughs> lean into? Ooh, I don't I hope I don't have to make that choice. <laughs> I know. It's oh, a I'm hypothetical. Be, I'll be honest with you. For me, I have a hard time answering it because security is very important. I like mm -hmm. what you said, Dr. Ali, that money is not guaranteed. And for me, you know, when I think about my king, my king, if I have to envision him today, he is financially stable. Yeah. So does that mean I'm trying to chase the dollar? No. But it does mean that I recognize I may have financial ups and downs, and I want somebody who's going to be able to be stable. So if I'm up, he's good. And if I'm down, he's good. You yeah. know, vice and vice versa. And so to me, 
I don't know, Selena, I don't know that I would ever sacrifice passion because I think you need, you need passion. It, yep. But I can't be passionate and living in the poorhouse. That's just not gonna happen, baby. <laughs> yeah. You know, I need to I need to have I need some security. I need some security. So that's just very important to me. It's a value that I was raised yep. with was find a man who makes good money and you know that way y'all are gonna be good. And I I I don't yeah. see any reason to depart from that. No, okay. absolutely. Yeah. I just I know it's a tough question, yeah. which is why yeah. I always it is hard. Throw, yeah. throw it out there. Like, come on. <laughs> How do we bring up the topic? in your professional opinion of finances when you first start dating someone. You find out what they do. You guys discuss your careers. Now I want to know how much money you make so I can kind of calculate what income or tax bracket <laughs> we will be in together because you mentioned yeah. income scheming. She's always scheming. Baby, you better I go to glassdoor.com and look up the salary range for their company. So you don't think it's appropriate to ask how much money do you so make? So here's the thing. So a uh, unique situation here from the point of view that I never really talk about how much money I make. A, I don't know how much I make until the end of the year when the taxes are done. And so if someone were to ask me, well, what do you make? I'm always a little cautious. Like, why do you want to know how much money well, I make? Yeah, you know? um, so I, maybe I'm a little skittish around that subject. I openly will admit that. But here's what I do in order to, because I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to sniff it out. I'm trying mm -hmm. to size it up and piece it together. So I'm looking at, um, when we go out to eat, are you always using a credit card? Mm. You know, now you may be trying to build points. But if they get but, points, I was just about yeah. to say. <laughs> if you are, I may say, oh, you like getting your points or whatever. I'll bring it up. You'll you know, I'm looking at, is the mail being opened in your house? I pay attention to everything, okay? Is the mail being opened in your house? You know, I'm, about I'm to have looking all at all my mail open when MJ comes home. It's all open and <laughs> I organized. I, I just shred mine. Just Every shred kind of mail is about to be what out for MJ. Me is I'm like, why are you still sending me mail? I've gone, well, so I've annoying. gone paperless on everything. everything. Why are you yeah. doing this? Stop. I know my bills are paid. Leave me yes. alone. Get this out of here. Yeah, <laughs> but I pay attention to I think beyond that, I also pay attention to how they're spending because we can all do calculations. We know, let's say someone earns $300,000 a year. Okay, so it seems like they got a great, great income, right? Well, the reality is that they are not taking them $300,000. No. You know, the reality is that they're a huge trunk. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so you can calculate, well, this is what that's probably looking at each month. And you see what kind of car they drive and say, well, if they bought it, the payment property is, they lease this property is. So one way that you start adding up, looking at where they live, and so you can do a quick calculation. Oh, you have an Excel spreadsheet in your head. In my head. <laughs> oh, and yeah. I can tell, you know, you start doing those calculations. So I think that you do that. But at a certain point in time, I will bring up the conversation where I'm very transparent. I always believe disclosure before you ask anything because it opens people. I up. love that rule, yeah. though. And I, I like that too. also builds intimacy. That's a part like that. of proper yes. communication. So I want people to really recognize that is a spicy tip right there yes, that MJ is. just gave us. Yeah. So I will yeah. say like something to the effect of, you know, I went through a lot financially. I grew up in this kind of situation and so on and so forth. And this is something I'm even struggling with today. You know, how do you deal with money? What's, you know, what's your, my best question is, what's your relation with money? Then shut up and let them talk. Mm. What, See what happens. Not how much you make. What, is your, what is your relationship with, with money? money? But you have to build up you need to go out for a little while. That's not a, I think that's a question that probably should come up after the first 60 days in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, that's not like you a, need to build a level of trust. Date number yeah. one question. Like, yeah. yeah. And some people lead with that and I'm like, what did you, you asked him what? Or Someone you asked, asked him the her first what? date before. Oh no, sometimes ask me date. my credit score on a first date. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> and was he trying to sell you credit restoration services? You know, they, a whole lot they, of money. Their do that. credit score was low. They were trying to see if I was going to bring theirs up. Oh, oh my <laughs> Lord, no. Mm -mm. I was like, yeah, no, this isn't going to work. I think you can talk about money early and often because the fact is that if you don't do it relatively early in a relationship, and I think that 60 days is still relatively early, um, you can build up a um, almost like a stigma in a relationship about talking about money. You got, I, yeah. When I work with couples, I don't really work with as many clients anymore, but when I used to work with couples, you would have couples where literally you ask, well, how much do you guys make? 
and they get uncomfortable and you realize they've been together for 11 years and they have never talked about this. Because one is insecure maybe about how much they make. It's an uncomfortable conversation or a Mm -hmm. hot spot for them. So they get a little squeamish because it makes them feel uncomfortable if they're not, you know, if if it's been a hot, you know, thing for them. Mm -hmm. So altogether, they just start avoiding the conversation. Absolutely. My husband won't let me do that. He brings it up every week. I'm like, I get it. I get it. I need to use more coupons. That's a good man. (laughs) (laughs) Like, geez, Louise. We ain't ever going to be poor. Okay, so we're going to wrap up in just a little bit. I have one more question before we ask you um, some Naked Truth questions. But for those who want to get more um, financially responsible or make better decisions, in addition to utilizing, you know, a service that you provide, what are some resources out there that they can look up or start digging into to become more financially responsible? So the biggest issue I've seen in this country has been people making poor choices around how they manage their relationship with credit. That's a big credit. issue. Okay. Doesn't matter if you uh, if you make thirty thousand dollars a year or three million dollars a year. I've seen people with issues around credit on both ends of the spectrum. And so I actually have a free resource which teaches oh. people about how to start fixing their own credit. You don't have to go pay somebody to do this. It's at www.mjfixmycredit.com. That's mjfixmycredit.com. And it'll give you steps on how to mm-hmm. go about fixing your credit, Absolutely. increasing your score. I love mm-hmm. that. Thank you. Okay. So we're going to go into the naked truth. Um, you're going to, oh, actually, I think I want to do date or dash with you. Okay. Okay. I want to do date or dash. Okay. Dinner with your past self or dinner with your future self. Are you, which one are you dating? Oh, my future self. I was way too anxious as my past self. I came on the <laughs> date with a U-Haul, literally saying, now, when are we going to move in together? I had my engagement ring picked out. You did not want to go on a date with me. Okay? <laughs> oh, no, my no, God. No, no, no. <laughs> so you would get emotionally attached real quick. Oh, my God, yes. Okay. <laughs> you smiled at me. I was like, marry me. <laughs> <laughs> anxious dater right yeah. there. Okay. <laughs> dinner with your ex-lover or dinner with your future lover? Who are you dating? Well, um... Love my ex, but we're not together for a reason, so mm-hmm. future's gonna have to be there. Okay, oh. so there's no one in your past that you're like, oh, I wanna bring them back. I wanna, I want them, if I can no, have one more shot not, with them. Not one. Beautiful, wonderful men, but they were reflective of the stage of growth I was there at at that point in time. See, look, at, he is staying true to uh, yeah. let go of your past, grab mm-hmm. hold of your future. <laughs> okay, dinner with Oprah or dinner with Beyonce? Well, I've been fortunate to be around Oprah a good few times, so I'm gonna go with B. Okay, yeah. love that. Um, yes, and you're gonna have to you tell us how to, Oprah in the how, bag. To, how do we get uh, dinner with Oprah? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, what steps do I need to do in order to sit down with Oprah? <laughs> okay, dinner with Michael Jackson or dinner with your great great grandfather? Um, that's a good one. You know. Love Michael to death. I think I'm going to go with granddaddy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Because I, I just don't know much about my family's history. And I think it'd be an interesting dinner. Okay. Yeah. So who wants to dig into your past? Uh, Allie, who would you choose? Michael Jackson or great, great grandmama? Great, great grandmama. Okay. Dang. All of y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I, wanna, I mean, I'm sure she was a, a, like a slave. I want to know what she went through. <laughs> You're like, I, I want to tell me about she, she lived our the history. Life. She lived the life and I need to know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, MJ, you have to let us all know where they can find you, where, you know, we can look you up, get your services, all of the above. Give us your Absolutely. social, websites, everything. So my Instagram, my Facebook, and my website are all the same thing. It's MJ Harris Speaks. That's MJ Harris Speaks with an S at the end. You can find me there. And like I said, www.mjharrisspeaks.com. Got a lot of free lessons on there for folks who want to really learn how to improve your life financially, emotionally, and spiritually. And then Dr. Allie, where can they find you? You can find me everywhere at Allison Hicks. It's AllisonHicks.com. Allison Hicks on IG. Twitter, meh. Check it out if you want. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't my popping 
site. Me either. It's not my thing. It's, I'm just <laughs> yeah. not popping on there. Oh yeah, right, that's A-L-I-Y-C-I-N. Make sure you guys subscribe to The Spicy Life. Also, follow us on The Spicy Life, but you can always play with my Twitter or stroke my Instagram at Spicy Mari, S-P-I-C-Y-M-A-R-I. And there you guys have it. You have just been spiced. The Spicy Life.